What's going on, everybody? Good morning. Matt Major, Matt Major Show. Hanging out with you live on Twitch and 315 Live and all these fun places. We've got, as you can probably see on your screen, the world-famous Phil Farda is with us. Hi, what's up, man? He's hanging out. World-famous is an exaggeration. Infamous, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, that's better. <laughs> so what we're going to do, just to give a little like uh, show programming note, is from time to time, as I mentioned yesterday, I'm, I'm primarily going to be doing this on my own, but we're going to have some guest co-hosts. And as they're available, we'll have them come in, like Phil, and he'll be able to sit in on the entire show. We're going to talk about some things Phil's got going on. We're going to talk about some things in the news. And then later in the show, we've got the actually world-famous international true. musician and, and politician Joe Driscoll will be joining us, friend of both Phil and I's. So it's I think it's going to be a good time. I'm, I'm very excited. We're going to have a good show today. Yeah, I was excited that I was on with Joe. I knew you had him on the schedule for the week, but I didn't know we were going to land on the same day. And that's thrilling to me because he just got a new dog. Oh, did it? Oh, see, now that's right up your alley. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Today was our gotcha day for our dogs. Two years we've had them. Really, it's been that yeah, long. Wow. Yeah. And two years I've been thinking about killing them. Right. So I don't. It's it's great. Those yippy little bastards, man. I you're a saint. I think. <laughs> Laura just shared a photo with uh, all these pictures of them I had never seen. They're so cute, though. So I can't be that mad. I they are very cute. <laughs> if you don't hear them. Yeah, they would be perfect dogs for a deaf person. Yes. That's what they should recommend. I have two little Pomeranians, if you're familiar with that breed. And, uh, man, that'd be great for a deaf couple. They're basically like two footballs that don't stop barking. Right. Yeah, two fluffy footballs. They're adorable. And they came together. I would have never got two dogs, but they came together. Yeah, they were a package dealer. Yeah, I think that might be a scam that the that the shelter runs. Yeah, to get both these fuckers out of here. Just get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, these guys are there together. They're bonded. <laughs> Can't let them go. We when we got our dog, his sister was there as well. They were both rescues and, and they were there together, and we strongly considered it. And and luckily, as we were adopting him, somebody had come and, and chosen his sister. We didn't end up with two massive dogs. My dog's huge. He's Bernard. Yeah. I, was, I love your dog. He's great. He's, did you name him Bernie? I did. Bernie a, the St. Bernard. It was fitting. Oh, that's adorable. You should get him mittens, dude. <laughs> you should get him those dog mittens that are hard to walk in. That is a, that's a great idea. I love that. Speaking of Bernie mittens, unplanned segue there. If you love that phenomenon, I, I realize that it, it, it might be a little bit over, but I feel like Bernie is timeless. You can hit themerchlink.com. Themerchlink.com is my merchandise outlet where we've got all kinds of fun and funny stuff. We've got a ton of Bernie merch in addition to Matt Major merch. Wink. But the deal is all of the proceeds, everything over our overhead uh, right now, is going to a local cause, and that cause is nurses by way of local restaurants. So what we're doing is we're taking the proceeds, we're spending money with local restaurant and catering businesses 
that have been hurt in the pandemic and we're buying meals and food and and uh, coffee and things like that for these frontline healthcare workers, not just nurses. I say nurses a lot, but the reality is uh, there's a lot of frontline healthcare workers. There's a lot of respiratory therapists and all these other folks that are instrumental in all this nonsense. We're going to do everything we can to support them, but we need some funds to do that. I sold a bunch more shirts last night. It was pretty cool. I woke up this morning to some emails of sales. It's all good stuff. I'm excited. Do you have an about option it. on there to create your own? Is there a blank canvas that you could uh, plug your own text into? Not yet, but there will be. Okay. And I say that is actually as I'm staring at my to-do list that's on the top of the list for that store is finish what I'm calling the custom shop. So you'll be able to do that. But right now there are a large number specifically of the Bernie shirts that are customizable. So you can see the design. You can click customize, add your text, move things around. Uh, it's not a blank canvas. It gives you a starting scene to add your words to. But we do have those options, and there will be a completely custom. Also, I can do right now, if there's somebody like, forget about a shirt for yourself or something like that. If you're a team or uh, an employer or something like that where you're buying a group of T-shirts, you're not trying to make a profit. It's for your group get a hold of me because we can do bulk t-shirts uh, that are all identical for a lot better price than ordering them individually. And, and we can do those types of things as well. That's cool. I could get something for my karate dojo. Yes. <laughs> I just got done kicking the shit out of a few teenagers behind this backdrop here. I fucking hate that show. Is that weird? Oh, is it? Do you hate it? I, 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 I can't say I hate it, but I'm not nearly as into it as a lot of other folks. I watched, Is it just because it's popular, though? No, I, I watched the whole first season, or the majority of it. Well, if, yeah, if you don't like the first season, it doesn't get any better. It, it was just all right. And to me, I almost enjoy the cheesy kickbacks, or the cheesy inside jokes to the 80s movies and, and things like that. That's cool, but at some point it's... I don't know. That's the whole. That's the whole gimmick. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I get that. I loved it in Full House. Don't get me wrong. That I, I love Full House on Netflix. I love the fact that they do a lot of inside jokes. In fact, my biggest criticism with that show is in the the later seasons, the most recent seasons of the new version, they haven't been doing as many of those just really cheesy tossbacks to the original show. So which... you're watching the full. You're watching the Full House remake. Absolutely. But, but, but you haven't made it to the Mandalorian I yet. Knew this. I, I was waiting for that. I just, I, my mind is blown. I, I will. But see, now it's been built up. And now I'm at the point where I'm so far behind on that show. I'm knowing I'm going to have to sit down and watch like oh. multiple seasons. Dude, you could, it's two seasons. You could watch it all in a night. Yeah. They're, a half, they're not even half hour long. Oh, no shit. It's not an hour long day? Okay. No, it's a little short adventure. Right. That... Every episode's a little adventure. That's your most convincing pitch yet, that it's not that long, so I might uh, get into that. I love Letterkenny, and the new season of Letterkenny came out, and I feel like I made a cup of coffee, and then I watched the whole season. Done, yeah. It's quick. And it was our... Uh, it was good. It was as good, or if not better, than almost any other show. I, I feel like the previous seasons were a little funnier. I, I'm not going to lie. It sounds like there's no enjoyment in your life anymore, That's, man. You know... That's not true, although I'm now trying to think of something that I just recently enjoyed, and I'm blanking, so you might be onto something. <laughs> yeah. I saw your daughter had a birthday. 
Both so of them. Like, there's there's got to be like some pride there. That's oh, maybe there's some there's joy. a ton. It's yeah. uh, super daughter weekend. They're like two. Dude, days every apart. time your kids have a birthday, I forget that you have kids. <laughs> a lot like, of people do. You post it, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, that's right. This guy got a whole family. It's funny because one of my friends said something like that. There's another kid I didn't know you have, and and to some degree, like that makes me feel like a dick. But at, at the same time, like. I put a lot of shit out there that's public. I get a lot of hate from a lot of stupid motherfuckers, right-wing motherfuckers. So I don't go crazy with the children. I uh, like that your you know family's I mean? private, dude. I think that they should be. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, no, like it's to your point, you're, if your kids are in, on your Facebook feed, somebody's going to attack your kids. Right. There's, no, there's no way around that that's going to happen. Yeah. And my... Which is insane. My <laughs> oldest daughter is now 18. She's going to be heading off to college next year. It's, the it's, last it's, it's a big point of pride, but I, I don't want her to catch bullshit from the assholes that I deal with all day long. <laughs> I want her getting a message from Buzzy. <laughs> Bad segue, because I'm not comparing him to assholes, but I did want to say hi to Jack. Our man, Jack from the Jack and Mo Cooking Show, is in the chat on Twitch. Oh, what's up, Jack? What's going on? So here's, we're going to do this thing. Jack and I have been talking about it. And uh, this is a little programming note, I think probably for next week. Every day, if you're a couple, or maybe you do this if you're single, I don't know. You never know what the fuck to have for dinner, right? That's the biggest debate. What are we going to eat for dinner? I don't know. know. So we're going to tell you. So starting probably next week, at the end of every Matt Major show, we're going to have a little clip from Jack. He's going to tell us what to have for dinner. And he's going to go over some cool recipes that he has where you can see how to make them. He might just talk about some of his old family favorites. But that decision will be made for you if you want it, of course. We'll have a clip every day of what to have for dinner. I think it might be fun. Yeah, uh, that's a great idea, man. Uh, because last night we we were on the fence. We were going to order uh, like Uber Eats yeah. for dinner just to grab something from a local place. And we ended up. I started like window shopping. Yep. And then we ended up having just like turkey wraps that we had in the house. We had some turkey and we made sandwiches. Because, dude, you cannot order on delivery apps without spending $40. I, like, it's so expensive, man. Oh, you're, you're not kidding. It's There's a few times where the delivery app has failed and I'm, I'm really appreciative that it has because it made me just cook something at home or call the pizzeria that's down the street and pay half as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We. I don't want to fucking call people though. And we've had like sometimes you get dinner and it's just like it's like just okay. Yeah. When we're like, damn, we've spent like sixty dollars to get this like completely average meal delivered. That's the worst, man. One thing I had thought of when the pandemic started is we might need to start doing food reviews specifically on the takeout. Like not even the quality of the meal, but Sure. Did yeah, they yeah. package it in a way that it doesn't sweat and turn to a pile of shit before it gets to your door? You know what I mean? Did they? Did it look like they gave a shit, or did they just slop it in like it was your leftovers? Dude, we had so we had. Uh, was it? We just celebrated our ten year anniversary, and then we did. We just had a weekend like dinner date night, so yeah. we had like, a bottle of wine, and I ordered from a real nice local restaurant. And when the food showed up, it, you could tell that it like would have been good if we got it right. in the restaurant but by the time it was made and packaged and then this guy got it to the house man it was like a little soggy and it, it, things weren't right 
and it was just like, damn, that's too bad because <laughs> it was expensive. I hear you, man. So, Phil, you've got this this new thing going on, and I wanted to plug that Phil Fart is going to come on and talk about diapers, but I'm afraid that phrase would make way too many people freak the fuck out. So I didn't right, plug yeah, it yeah. till you got here, but what is going on with this diaper fundraiser that you're Dude, so involved this in? Is a great, this is a great community uh, event we're doing, which ties into the community in Syracuse, too. Yeah. And uh, I bet Joe, when he comes on, he'll appreciate what we're doing here. I have some friends who work there on the board for the CMY Diaper Bank, and they reached out and they said, what can we do to raise money? Obviously... We can't, you can't have these huge in-person fundraisers. So we set up a virtual uh, trivia night and we've done it before. We've done it for the Utica Zoo. Yeah. And we've raised money for other things. And falling apart. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Sorry. This, this kid that I just kicked the shit out of showed up. <laughs> dude, so we're raising, so we're doing, uh, it's all online. I'm working with my buddy Fish Guy Media that's based here in Utica. Yeah. And so we're going to stream our game. It's just play at home. We got an interactive scoreboard that you helped us build uh, that you can log into and play along. They got a bunch of prizes. We're going to be randomly drawn at the end of the game. And it's free to play. All the details are on our uh, Facebook page. So if you go to Stage Time Trivia, go to the event tab, you'll find all the details and the event. They're suggesting a $25 donation. But it's just pay whatever you can. Yeah. Your money, charity, right? Yeah, they get 100% of the proceeds. Uh, your money goes directly to buy uh, diapers for, for families in need. And uh, I'm learning. cheap. Yeah, and as I'm doing this, I'm learning that, uh, like, when you go to the store, like, if you go to Price Chopper and buy diapers, they're wicked expensive. Yeah. But when you donate, they just, they bulk buy them as a nonprofit, and they get them for, like, pennies on the dollar dude so your in other words your money goes so much further rather than just donate diapers you if you make a, a monetary contribution that makes a lot of sense yeah that's pretty cool man so right now we already we've raised already over a thousand dollars come starting into the week nice and uh, we got probably 16 somewhere between 16 and 20 teams have registered we can support up to 100 teams playing live so it should be a blast man and I was making the game this week. I'm building the game custom. I'm trying to like tie in diapers in some way, in some <laughs> silly way. But I'd learned this, dude, like making trivia about diapers. That there's, don't go searching for diaper stuff on the Google. Because there's a whole, <laughs> dude, there's a whole subculture fetish thing that I didn't know about. It's and is it that was infantilism or some shit? There was like an old episode of CSI about it. I remember. I just, I think I might, I just did like a real basic search to try to uh, get some like trivia inspiration. It was like characters in diapers. I like typed that in. Yeah. And it was a nightmare. It was just, <laughs> it was like all uh, porn. And I was like, oh my God, what if you just got to buy diapers? Right. So anyway, I've, I'm now that I've been making the game, I'm like figuring out how to navigate around that. But it's going to be a blast, man. And, and he's got a setup that as far as like, if you're looking at this show visually, it's similar. We're going to be streaming with multiple windows and we'll have graphics and the questions. I might put the questions up on the screen. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be real fancy, huh? Yeah. He's 
he should, we should hang out and, and prep this show. And I'm like, yeah, we should. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that sounds like a great idea. But uh, it's a great cause, man. And, uh, and, and one more time, the, the time and the place for all this. So it's, it's this Friday. It's February 12th. It's going to be 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. It'll run. So in, in this age where you can't necessarily go out real late on a Friday, you can meet up, you can create a Zoom meeting or something with your friends and play along. Yeah. Laura's doing a Galentine's Day, so she's getting together with all the girls and they're going to they're gonna make crafts and play trivia together wow. and do girl stuff. All right. That sounds like Which a good time. It's, I hope it is. And a good cause. That's the important thing is uh, a lot of people are struggling right now. Phil's business obviously is struggling. He's a guy that uh, thrives on entertainment and venues, and those are all fucked right now. It's um, bad, dude. I live so... in this paper mache dojo now. <laughs> this is, this is, we had to sell the house. I love that background. He, Phil's actually in, in my basement. <laughs> Him and Laura are living down there with the yippee dogs. Turn around. <laughs> Dude, I did a podcast Wednesday. Uh huh. Did like similar to this. I had just a couple of these college kids, and I don't even I don't even remember how I got hooked up with them. I know they're I knew one of their teachers or something, and I'm on the show for like an hour. We're talking. I think they're in the same room, <laughs> and like this one kid's in Virginia or something, and it, they like and when they mention this, I'm I'm looking. They're totally different backgrounds. Like they're clearly in a different home. Yeah. It's just. Uh, I'm an idiot. That's what I'm trying to tell you, man. Yeah, it's very confusing. I still love that Post Malone Nirvana concert from the beginning of the pandemic. And if you go back and watch that, you'll see Travis Barker's on drums. It's fucking phenomenal. And it seems like they're all at their own houses. And I was like, how did they sync this up? They are actually all in the same house. They're in different rooms of Post Malone's house, but they were in the same house, which made more sense when you thought about it. Like, there's no way. How could you sync up a band? Right. Uh, Real time audio is is good, but it ain't that good. But hey, uh, so there's some interesting local news before we get Joe on that I want to get into. This is something that's been going on since the election. The last election in the country, and you can see February 8th yesterday, was the end of of the last election in the country, and it just happens to be right here in the 315. <laughs> Sorry, guys. New York 22. Congressman Anthony Brindisi lost, finally, after counting votes and looking for them under everything in the world, by 109 votes, to previous congresswoman, Claudia Tenney. And it's... This upset you? It, here's the thing, and I don't want to talk badly about Anthony because I think he's a genuinely good guy. But this, and I posted this on uh, Facebook this morning. This is a race. This is a situation that Joe Biden, especially, but all Democrats, need to really pay attention to, because Anthony, in his quest for making everybody happy and being bipartisan and showing these Republicans who hate his fucking guts. They hate him. There's nothing he could do for them that wouldn't make them hate his guts. But he spent all his time trying to be their friend. And at the end of the race, you can see how close it was. Nobody could tell the difference between him 
and his predecessor, who, by the way, was known for doing nothing. That was literally her moniker in office. She wouldn't meet with the public. She didn't do anything as an elected official, as a member of Congress. She sucked Trump's ass and did nothing. Don't, don't you think that's how, why she won? Like, I thought she was just like a Trump fan, and then so she won based on that. Well, sure, and that's the draw to her, right, to these folks. But what I'm saying is, look how close it was. It's They were almost indistinguishable to the voters. It's like they counted one vote per day. Yeah. That's how long um, that's how long that took. That whole situation alone, the counting of the votes and the the local elections board and that situation, that's something that I really want to dig into going forward because maybe we can get our man Dustin Zarni who Dude, is I was just gonna say, man, Dustin could have had this whole election counted in half the time. He would have had that shit figured out a day after election day. But you get him some coffee and, and some tacos. He'll pull an all-nighter. He'll have it all done. This thing went off the rails, and I've yet to hear, and and I've thought maybe they're just waiting for the thing to be over or whatever, but I've yet to hear any officials resign over this. There's no way you should get to be able to run an elections board after the, like This was so bad that I cracked a joke about it on Facebook. I know. It was great. Like, I never, did, I never really do politics, but... This took so long that I, it was like, it inspired me. And I was, I voted for Brindisi, man. Like I know yeah. him personally, cause he's always in our district and stuff. He's a genuinely good guy. He's a great dude. Yeah. He's my friend's stepbrother and it's a great family. He's a great dude. And I was hoping that he would win. It, yeah. I was bummed that he didn't. And then when I saw this news that he like, he conceded and stopped the appeal and stuff, I was like, oh, that's cool. Cause it's like part of being a good dude is be able to graciously lose. That's that's the difference again between these two sides. And at the same time, we've beat the horse, right? There's been court cases and court cases and counts and recounts and look for more and canvas and recanvas. Whatever the fuck canvas means, I don't even know. But we did it a million times in New York 22, and it took literally. Congress has started. That's the craziest part about this whole situation is New York 22 until yesterday didn't even have a representative in Congress because Anthony didn't get to go back and she hadn't been certified yet. So literally no one is representing that. Do you think they even notice? I don't, I feel no, like they don't even notice. They're just like, yeah, everything is just running as usual. And Again, the question is, previously, Tenny's record was to do absolutely nothing whatsoever. And that's when her boy was in office. So I think you could see her on par to a, a lower-key Marjorie Taylor Greene, where she's going to go on the local right-wing talk show, and she's going to talk shit about everything Joe Biden does, and that'll be the extent of her term in Congress. Well, that's a whole personality that's right there. Right. But there are some other folks that like actually try to write bills and they try to do shit. Claudia will not do that. Claudia will run her mouth only in safe spaces on right-wing radio shows. She will not talk to the, the, the public. She will not hold town halls. She will probably not even take questions on that radio show if they dare to open their phone lines. And You should invite her on your show. I will. I bet you guys would get along. 
I will. I've Facebook fought with her before. She's the only member of Congress that I've seen anyway who will actually answer the people that give her shit on Facebook. And it's amusing. I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, I've argued with her on Facebook. Like an angry business owner? Yeah. Most people don't do that. I do that, but I'm an idiot. You're a member of Congress. Like, you're supposed to be able to just put your shit out there. You're going to get all kinds of hate. If you don't, you didn't click send. That's just part of the deal. You can't take it personally. But Dude, it's like the it's like the football halftime show there. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, everybody hated it, and then everybody loved it. It was like this is the worst. This is the best. This is the worst. It's like, I didn't watch it, but I, I assume it was the worst because every year is the worst. It, every year, right? Every year is the worst. It's like they just keep getting worse and worse. I got to say, off topic, working from home, not having to go into an office or go into a customer's office the day after the Super Bowl was the greatest fucking gift ever. This is the first year of my life that I didn't have to pretend that I watched or gave a shit about football. Did you skip it? I We didn't watch it. I, I didn't even watch it at all. Which uh, I, I like the Super Bowl, dude. I was, like my, my whole argument for sports is that you can just wait till the Super Bowl and watch that one game, and then you're all caught up. Watch the good you, part, yeah the whole story so i but i get it like if you're into football yeah i man i wanted the bills to win so bad just locally i right. wanted the bills in there but you can't have everything yeah what are you gonna do i i feel like as, as little as i know about football i feel like i know that the buffalo bills are supposed to never win the super bowl like that's it's, that's like a yeah. law yeah and uh it, it was the bills or tenny we had a, yeah. only one could win <laughs> Eh, fuck. But when you gotta, I I feel like there's the fans are probably like this all the everywhere. But because we're local, we see the local Bills fans, and uh, that like blue and red, it's almost like, like a post bloodbath war zone look that they wear. It's a weird combination of colors. I'm not gonna lie, and especially when the Bills fans do up the face like- paint. Red, yeah. white, and blue is a, a weird combo. The the thing is, they seem to do the red and blue the most in like a weird animal pattern. I don't know. These new Bills outfits that I've seen don't Tommy. remind me of the American flag or anything like that, even though they might be red, white, and blue. It's just weird. I don't know. But you know what it reminds me of? A lot of this, the, the Bills pants that I see people wearing remind me of like 90s zebra pants. You know what I'm talking about? The, oh, the yeah, oversized sure. like Zambo pants. Yeah. That people wore for like, a day. MC Hammer. What? Were those MC Hammer pants? I don't know. Is that the same thing? Nah, they're they're not long enough for the crotch. Nah. Uh, what? How long have you been home for? Have you been home? Because I've been home pretty much since March. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I have. haven't really had. I've had one existing trivia night. And then it's been, I've mostly just been home since March. Yeah, I haven't left my house at all since March, other than a handful of things. I've got a couple of IT customers. I have to go in once in a while and put my hands on something. Usually not, though. And uh, I've had to go to the store a couple times. In the summer, when it feel, seemed like it was breaking down, we, we were able to get together that one time. I feel like uh, that was yeah, like, the summer like was years okay. ago. 
yeah, the summer was okay. I got business started picking back up. Yeah. Bars were hopeful. And then uh, that ended quick. It got worse, dude. It did. It got, it got worse than it was. It but now, <laughs> I don't even know if I should say this, but I, it seems to be getting better. See, numbers are down. Here's here's the problem is like it, it feels that way, but I feel like it's also not at the same time. I feel like that's almost a false sense because we're talking about these new variants. And I don't know. I don't want to get bent out of shape. The good thing is finally my medical conditions work in my favor. And come Sunday, I will be eligible for a vaccine. Who knows when I'll get one? I'm going to be on there hammering the, the websites for an appointment, but. It takes a while. Laura's got one booked, but it's not till March. Yeah, and she but and she scheduled it like a long time ago, early January or something. Yeah, whenever because she's in the schools. I so she qualified. I've heard some people. If you What's stay your on, medical you condition? Hammer. Are you just fat? Is that a? Can I get that? It too? is. Yeah, technically. So they they've added obesity, which covers like ninety five percent of the people. Oh man, there he is, Joe Driscoll in the house. What's up, man? But they also added uh, heart disease, which I unfortunately have, but works in my favor today. Lucky. (laughs) What's going on, Joe? Fellas, chilling, man. Just trying to keep the wheels on the cart these days and all the madness. That's all I can really attest to. I hear you. Joe, what time do you wake up in the morning? Usually, I I actually wake up at about 6, dude. It's it's crazy. I have two dogs that, like, are just... Rise and shine at about six. So I'm Goodness. up. Hell yeah, you yeah. got a new dog. I just I mentioned that earlier. Joe got a new dog. That was the first thing Phil yeah. said. I'm like, oh, that's shit. like way more interesting to me than any <laughs> of the other shit going on. It's just a new dog. Oh, uh, dude, she, when I first got her, like she, when you first get a new puppy, she got her like a few weeks old. They got to pee at three a.m. They can't make it through the night. So oh, I've been on this like crackhead COVID. Wake up at two thirty, take her out to pee. Wake up at six. <laughs> that's incredible we, uh, we have little dogs but we put we get we put the pads near the door and they'll just they pee on the pad and it's what a convenience there you go the, you know, i'd never wake up yeah, you've turned your dogs into cats yeah basically yeah basically <laughs> i don't know if you can hear them dude but they're like whimpering outside the door oh geez they want to be on the show so bad <laughs> <laughs> joe I, I want to give you just a quick introduction for those that, that don't know you, although this is going to be a very local-centric show. Uh, we're talking about a lot of very local things in today's episode, which was unplanned, but I'm pretty happy with. Joe is a guy who is now a, a local politician. He's he's part of the city of Syracuse, and we'll let him talk about that a little bit. Beforehand, if you saw the image, you might have seen him rocking out in front of a crowd. He is a, an accomplished international musician who has toured the world and played festivals when there used to be groups of people together in public and uh, also been an incredible activist an incredible supporter of bernie sanders in fact one of the places that i first saw him was literally opening for bernie sanders playing some of his incredible music in front of a huge crowd in downtown syracuse when bernie came and visited in what 2015 2016 at the time Joe is an all-around great guy that is in a wide variety of things, and also why I'm happy to have him in elected office, because he doesn't look like the the suit former lawyer, former accountant turned politician, and we need more of that. 
I uh, when I first got in office, I said to my wife, I'm like, I'm not going to really have to wear a suit like all the time. And like, yeah, dude, that's what, you, <laughs> that's what you signed up for. I was like, I don't think I will. And I, I tried to rock jeans and a sports jacket for as long as I could, but I do want to wear suits now. I got to go buy a suit. Yeah. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. No. This is not the way to go. That's great, man. But Joe, so let me ask you, you're now, are, are you twice elected or are we going into your first reelection? Correct. I forget where we're at. It's two year terms. So I've, I'm halfway through my second term. I'm currently running for my third term. That's what I thought. So you've been reelected now. It's not a, a one-off fluke thing. You're, you're really in there. And what is your job? What is it? What does a guy in city government do? Yeah. So you have three three basic roles as a city councilor. One is constituent service, which I think is really important. That's if people are on the local Facebook page complaining that there should be a stop sign at XY Street or the trash didn't get picked up or this building is always a mess. Is, is the city going to do anything about it? Those kind of things are constituent service, reaching out, seeing what problems are in the neighborhood, trying to problem solve with city departments. The other is writing new legislation, introducing new laws for the city, taking initiatives with city funding, trying to develop new programs. And the third is fiduciary agent, just basically any money the mayor spends, he needs to get approval from the council to do. We have to look through all the money he plans on spending and uh, and, and decide if it's a green light or not. Those are the three big roles that we do. I got you. So there's a lot of hard work involved. And, and is this... Is this a full-time job? Is this one of those elected positions that, that you do in addition to your job, or how does that work? What was great was I still kept the music going, and so I'd work Thursday, Friday, Saturday evenings, and then I could work the council gig 9 to 5, and it was a great contrast because I'd work harder on the weekends for music and then work during the week for council. Uh, so it's technically, it's it's a gray area. We work the same... Buffalo, for example, their counselors get paid 74000 a year, and it's very much expected to be a, a full-time job, though it's not different. Buffalo is probably double the population of Syracuse, but not dissimilar in the amount of responsibilities that a counselor has, whereas we get paid like 30000 and it's, it's meant to be a part-time job, but we have to keep records showing that we work over 35 hours a week for three months of the year. So you are supposed to provide documentation proving that you do work, which is uh, 35 hours a week is basically full-time sure. or, or it's more than part-time. So it's really a great area. It's definitely, it, it, when I started, it was 20K and, and I actually introduced the legislation to bump it up to 30, which people went nuts. Politicians trying to pay themselves yeah. more, but again, it, it, I was thinking about it this morning with the minimum wage because it hadn't been raised since like 1999. So it's, we're still doing the same work. Yeah. That was a 35 K a year job by relation in 1999, but we're just getting paid 20 K. So it was kind of more of an adjustment for time than an actual raise. But, um, but yeah, so that's, it's to me, I always say it's like a, a full-time job with, with part-time pay. Cause it's, it's more stressful than yeah. you know most other jobs, but I love it. Yeah, you're going to get, it doesn't end when the clock stops. 
you've got people all over you. You've got issues that aren't resolved yet, obviously, and may not be for a while. But yeah, I would be com- instantly corrupt if I got into politics. <laughs> I was like, how long was it going to take to just instantly corrupt you? You're like, <laughs> man, I don't. I would not do a good job. <laughs> uh, elect Phil. He'll make you laugh and take your cash. There you go. You, it, so it's, in this current climate, you probably do well. <laughs> So, Joe, I want to ask you a little bit of uh, a little bit of inside baseball. Syracuse uniquely has a mayor who was elected as an independent. He didn't play this game that many of us feel is the only choice where you got to pick one of these two teams. And he came out victorious. I believe you've been a big supporter of his for a long time as a Democrat. You're elected as a Democrat. How does that dynamic work? Is it beneficial or is it hurting the mayor? Uh, I I think it has its pluses and minuses. I think at the time when he got elected, that cycle, 2017, pretty much unanimously, everybody was thought that they were left between Hillary and Trump. The thing, I managed all Bernie's social sites. I managed all his Facebook, like all the local Syracuse pages and stuff. Of, of trying to advocate. So wading into political battles on Facebook was pretty much my full-time job with putting thousands of dollars behind paid ads to get attention to different events and stuff we were doing for Bernie. And the dominant narrative at that time in 2017 was just basically everybody saying like the South Park episode, choosing between a turd sandwich. People hated Hillary, people hated Trump, and just everybody hated both parties. And it was like, they it seemed the dominant, I think somewhere around half the registered voting population is registered outside of a party. So I felt the vibe for Walsh to come in the year after that was perfect for him because he was just like, look, I've just never registered with a party. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I take a little bit from both sides, and I think it's more important to focus on the issues. That message just super resonated at that time. This cycle... I don't know how it's going to play because I think the partisan lines have really been drawn even deeper and like more people who are like, I lean Democrat, but I'm not going to be a Democrat are now becoming more active in democratic politics. And I think people are like, they're realizing that in order to defeat the Republican army, that was the the realization I had as someone who was relatively, uh, obviously if I was going to join one party, it would be the democratic party, but I was always more, I was a Ralph Nader guy in the 90s and and disengaged from the system. But then I kind of realized, like, damn, this Republican army is well-organized, well-funded, well-structured. And if you're going to overcome them, you've got to join the organization that has the most resources and the most ability. And seeing the Sanders path of engaging with the party and taking the using the Democratic line to convey that kind of Ralph Nader message seemed way more effective than trying to go green party routes. I think that it's had a lot of strengths for the mayor, but uh, I don't know how it's going to play out this cycle yeah. in, in, a, in a different age. But I do think it's been very beneficial for him in, in a lot of ways. And that's an interesting dynamic that, that you touched on there is going forward. Like you said, you're a Democrat. Your colleague, fellow Democrat, Khalid Bey, has thrown his hat in. In 
I, I can imagine this is the type of thing that becomes a real challenge for a guy like you, where do you have to be loyal to the party if you think that Ben is uh, a better choice going forward? Or how does that, Yeah. how do you navigate those waters, especially as, as a progressive guy in this party? Uh, well, it's very much a tightrope, but for me, the Democratic Party locally has put in kind of provisions saying that if Democrats want to stay a member of the committee and want to be a member of the party, then they have to support the Democratic candidate. So that's my intention. I will yeah. support whoever the Democrat is. But again, it's, it is a, a difficult dynamic for me. The Walsh, the Walsh administration, not only Ben himself, but his team has been awesome for me to collaborate with. We've done, in politics, you get stuff done. And they've helped me with some big initiatives that I want to get done. The lead initiative that we did, fighting lead poisoning, we worked hand in hand, reopening some community centers in my district. We collaborated great on all these projects. So you develop friendships over the time. And, but of course, like Michael Green and Khalid Bay are both in the mayor's race and both very close friends and close allies of mine on the council. So it's one of those things where, you know, the way I try to treat it is, as, as difficult as it gets is to treat it like a, a Yankees Red Sox kind of thing where it's, or, or <laughs> boxing, where it's like, we don't have to hate each other. We don't have to dislike each other with politics. Like hopefully they'll be able to keep it collegial, even if they're on opposite sides of things. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. It, it's an interesting thing to navigate. Speaking of navigate, one of the one of the huge things that was the worst segue ever, by the way. That was like a Phil Farta should be making fun of me for that. One of the biggest issues Am I on mute? <laughs> one of the biggest things happening in Syracuse is this big I eighty one project, right? We got this interstate, it's got bridges that, that are, are getting scary old. They gotta do something new about it. I, I think we, we finally got a plan, right? We know what we're actually doing now. Hey, is that the tunnel? Because I'm not like I'm not super familiar with Syracuse. Wasn't it, weren't they going to build a tunnel under the city or that something? That was one of the uh, ideas. That was one of the three proposed options. It was uh, that the tunnel option was insane for a number of reasons. One, because it was like a couple of billion more than every other option. And also, like, we are, Syracuse is known as the Salt City. The reason we're called the Salt City is because we have these warm rivers of salted water that run underneath our city. So like taking a big tunnel and trying to develop walls yeah. would obviously pre 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 present a, a greater challenge than all the other options. Well, how long was it going to take? Wasn't it going to take 25 years or something? Like, yeah, that's what I want to drive through for the next 20 years is like construction of a, it's something like Gotham city would do. The yeah. Joker totally would build it. So what did they land on? I'm sorry. What did they land on? No, they're going with the, we believe so like the state it, it's it's a long complicated bureaucratic process that's very confusing but basically the state has said that they want the state dot has come forth and said the community grid is the best option which for those who are unfamiliar would be raising all those elevated viaducts and bringing it all the street level within the city so it'd be more and like a boulevard than a raised highway boulevard. Yeah. And this is something like I'm the transportation chair for the council. So this is something I've been swimming in since the year before I got on council. I, I've researched this so extensively. 
and it's clearly the best of the three options to rebuild the, the elevated viaduct you'd have to build it i think something like 20 feet wider and 10 feet higher because the, the complication is like oh, since it was built in the 50s and 60s there's no shoulders so if you get in an accident yeah. trying to do that you just got to pull over in the middle of a it's a nightmare cars streaming by you at 65 so it doesn't meet safety standards of the modern era so you'd have to build shoulders on either side of it make it a lot wider change a bunch of things and that would you know require the destruction of 40 more buildings downtown syracuse so like all around like rebuilding the viaduct just seemed like a really but there's also the issue of all the land that's adjacent you could live next to a boulevard and see it as a metropolitan experience if you live under an underpass yeah it's pretty gross so all the property value that's around 690 and 81 those two highways has decreased to one tenth of the value of the land in the rest of the city so if your parcel of land was worth 100 grand if it's right next to that it's worth 10 grand so there's a whole argument about we're wasting a lot of space doing it this way and i'm really hopeful so the the state has said they want to go with this grid option, raising everything, putting it street level. But the federal government still needs to sign off, give the seal of approval. And a big thing about it is we have to have large community meetings like cafeteria style, invite everyone in the city to come in and speak their mind about what's going to happen. Yeah. And obviously with COVID, we can't do any of that stuff. So that's held up another bottleneck blocking point to moving forward as well. Yeah, I I understand that. Our new transportation secretary, uh, former Mayor Pete Buttigieg, is supposed to be on this and working with the city on that. Is that an accurate report? Yeah, I will be. Uh, I have a prep meeting today and then a meeting with the federal Department of Transportation. I'm not sure if Mayor Pete himself will be there, but his representatives will be at the meeting tomorrow, meeting with the city. I'll be in on that. And yeah, his like his first tweet as soon as he got transportation chair was like, highways have ripped apart communities of color and created horrible segregation and created these horrible urban environments. We need to undo the mistakes of the past. So pretty much like directly tweeting about 81. So we we feel really positive. Obviously it's a lot better than the previous administration with our juice and buy-in between Cuomo and Buttigieg. That's wonderful. And like you said, it's living next to a highway. Everybody knows, immediately knows the connotation to that. The other side of that is you have these highways and you can fly through the city quickly. And the downside is you're going to go through stoplights and you're going to go through things like this. But we got to also keep in mind that Syracuse, like many big cities, has the bypasses. We've got the 481s where if you're just trying to not get downtown but get to the other side of the city, there will still be high-speed highways that you could jump on and, and do that, the throughway and, and all of that. So I, I think it's interesting. And, of course, for businesses, you've just created a whole nother main street, a whole nother main thoroughfare that you can have a ton of shops and restaurants that you just pull over to. And I think that's a, a drastic improvement as well. Absolutely. We, we were... For me in politics, like it's how to say it, you're always trying to bushwhack through some problems and and cut with your machete through 
some seemingly impenetrable forest. And the best thing to do, if you can, is look at another city nearby that's already dealt with this problem and how do they deal with it? Because traditionally, if you look through America and look through other cities and say, okay, we have this problem with X, Y, and Z, how did how did another city get out of this pickle successfully? It, it, often you can't compare apples to apples because it's like Seattle or Portland or something that's West Coast and or the weather's nicer or whatever it is, or they're yeah. a larger metropolitan area. But for the 81 issue, we've got Rochester's inner loop just right across the road from us. And it's like Rochester's a very similar city, similar yeah. problems, similar dynamics. And they had a similar thing with 81 where they had, it was a depressed highway and then elevated highway. There were bridges and dips, but they decided to put it all, like you're saying, make it all a boulevard for their inner loop for their highway. And I think they saw something like $260 million of, of new investment along that corridor. And oh, wow. we did, we did a walking tour meeting with people who owned restaurants and breweries along the road. And they were like, oh, our traffic, our foot traffic has increased like 80%. Like it's night and day from before. And now it's going to be the only real problem is we're going to deal with like five, six years of like downtown Syracuse just being absolutely shut down and, and yeah. chaotic. But I think after that's done, if, if we do go with the community grid and it does get implemented, I think you're right. It's like just opens the door for like more community integration and more economic development. I'm hopeful. And that's what we need, especially after this. I'm cautiously optimistic that even before the pandemic, even before everything shut down, we had seen a, a big change. There was a lot less people going out, a lot less people going to live venues for anything. Uh, a lot less civic groups. There used to be all these, the Elks, and you had all the JCs and all these different things that people were involved in. And it seems like group activities in the past few decades have died out. It's my cautious optimism that after being shut in, people will be so sick of that, that we have a real resurgence of getting out of the house and hanging out with other people and being a community again. I don't. What do you guys well, think? I hope so. My God, dude, I'm, bro- I'm so broke. Like, I need people. To- they just uh, put the capacity back up to like ten par- per party per table now, and I didn't. For I'm usually on top of that. I didn't realize it happened last week. So I went to my normal Tuesday trivia night, and it was jam packed. And I was like, "Ooh, this is good. This is, looks illegal," but it, it was actually just people got the okay to go out, you know, yeah. in, in parties of ten, and they did. The whole place was packed. So that's just, that's good for business, man. Joe, as a musician, and Phil, you're welcome to chime in as well, both as live entertainers. Where do you think this goes for music and, and that type of thing? I, I just echo your and Phil's sentiment, but it's more hopeful than any crystal ball. I, I, I feel the same thing that you felt, Matt, that God, it, <laughs> the joke that I always do is younger folks would come in while I'm playing a set and like, hop on stage with me and take a selfie and then leave. It's like, <laughs> let me post this to Insta. Like I'm at a Joe Driscoll show and then, and then walk off. And it's, right. it was just kind of, like, that's like literally things that happened frequently. So it's, I feel like we've gotten in this kind of different understanding of entertainment altogether. It's like Netflix, it's like YouTube, it's like Spotify. It's like, 
I don't listen to albums. Like I call up the 10% of the interesting part of the album that uh, I want to access for free at this time. And it's just like, we yeah. just have this whole molecular shift in entertainment where it's, you are on demand to entertain me in the way I want to be entertained. They don't, I don't, they don't know what I know, man. Like <laughs> a full Joe Driscoll show. I was thinking about this last night. I don't think I've ever gone to a Joe Driscoll show and not gotten laid afterwards. <laughs> I'd have to, re I'd have to really run back my memory, but I can almost remember every time I'm at a Joe Driscoll show, the night ends in sex. It's amazing. That's, that's if people knew that they would stay for the whole set. That's good stuff. It's good stuff. A lot, a lot of married couples can claim a Joey D show for their first romantic encounter. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. I believe it. I bet a lot of matches have been made. Yeah. I, I just can't wait till we can get back to Funkin' Waffles and uh, and watch it perform there. I love that venue. I think it's just the coolest little spot in town. And uh, when they put on Dude. great music like somebody like you, it just makes it even better. Joe, do you? let me ask you this. Do you think... Everything you just said about how entertainment's shifting, and I agree with you, it's toward that like instant gratification. Do you think that's going to continue? Do you think that's like the shift where entertainment's going? Because I'm on the fence. I'm not positive. I think, I hope that once we're able to gather in crowds again, there will be that burst of the thrill of being out and in a crowd and just like dancing with strangers. But I. Maybe not. It, it's super hard to call. For me, it's, I would hope so. All I can really say is I hope because I see like, I see two different, oh, did I go away? Oh, you just, might have, you blocked your camera, but we're still hearing you. Okay. I don't know what's going on here. It's, it, I'm in my studio, so I don't know if I'm getting internet. Well, oh, there we go. Internet. You're coming back. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. It really feels People are really getting more. I don't know if this becomes a cultural trend that, like, I just call up Netflix. It's really hard to like combat, like, when Napster and all that stuff first happened. When like music changed from going out and spending fifteen dollars on the new Pearl Jam album and sitting there and like reading all the lyrics and looking at the cover art and everything to, like, I'm just gonna watch Jeremy on YouTube. And then it was like, you don't buy the album, you don't sit and listen to it. It just became this whole cultural change. But also it was like free. It was a superior product. Like, I always wonder, it's like, can you battle against superior products that are like market? market? So it's like, I wonder about that, but I, I'm hopeful. The only thing that would change this dynamic would be what you're talking about, Phil, is like people are so pent up that they're like, I miss, I want something different than just sitting around watching Netflix. I want to like interact with people and feel that charge of like life again. And I think that if anything can do it, I think COVID would have done it. Like a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people joking, saying that like the roaring twenties are about to start as soon as we can. And yeah, I've heard I, that. Yeah. I feel that I know it. Whether the rest of the population joins me or not, I will definitely be in some bars running jukeboxes, like putting $20 in, going to see my favorite bands and rocking out as soon as this is all over, for sure. I hope the rest of the world joins me. You know, is, we were talking the way to go. earlier about how, because one of my thoughts I had was by not going out, we I'm saving so much money. Like a night out, 
I might buy a ticket and I might spend 60 bucks at the bar and maybe it's like a $75 night. But then I was talking to Matt earlier about since COVID happened, like me and my wife will order uh, dinner like from Uber Eats or something. And it's still 70 bucks. Yeah. Like by the time it comes with all the fees and the tip and everything, it's, it's the same amount of money. Right. I would rather be out. Totally. So, fellas, we are just about out of time, but I don't want to let Joe go without letting people know where to find him and also let people know that you've got your own podcast and content if people want to hear more about you and, and interesting people in town, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me my politics website, Joe Driscoll 315, my music website, Joe Driscoll Music, on Facebook, Joe Driscoll Politics, on Facebook, Joe Driscoll Music. And my podcast, Salt City Grind, has been really fun. I'm just a huge consumer of pods myself. And I felt like there was really a gap in the market of people just having casual conversations about things that were politically interesting in Syracuse. We've been having those conversations, and I've been enjoying it a lot. That's great, man. That's that's good stuff, and I highly encourage folks to check that out and to, you know, stay tuned in to what's going on. They say all politics is local, but the reality is we've got more room to, to make change and do things that impact our everyday lives at the local level than we'll ever have in D.C. Amen. These are the guys to pay attention to and the issues to pay attention to, and I strongly encourage folks to do that. Amen. I, I wholeheartedly appreciate it. Thanks, man. Joe, Phil, if you guys will stay with me just a second, I want to, Phil just to to point out a couple things that he's got going on, and then we'll kick off air. And, and I'll just say goodbye to you guys. Phil, one more time, tell everybody where they can find you and also uh, tell us about this diaper thing one more time. Sure, man. So I started wearing diapers recently. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Joe, this is, it's a, this is a Syracuse-based event. I'm working with the CNY Diaper Bank. Uh, some of my friends are on the, the board there. And we're, so we're, this Friday, it's February 12th, we're doing a virtual a trivia party. It's a fundraiser. It's free to play. It's just donate whatever you can. Uh, so they're asking for a $25 donation if you can uh, make it, but any amount helps. You can come play for free with us. Uh, 100% of the proceeds are going to the CNY Diaper Bank, and they do just wonderful things for families in need. If you need to know more, you can just visit the event. We have links to their page, tell you all the benefits of it. Uh, your contribution, it, it buys diapers. It helps out our local community a great deal. And uh, I'm going to be on Fish Guy Media Live streaming that virtual event. And we're going to be having some beers and hanging out and having fun. It's going to be a good time, man. And guys, for everybody watching and listening live on Twitch, I thank you very much. Shout out to Artie, who's been in the chat, having a great time. I'm sorry we weren't able to to get in with you, but I'm glad you've been enjoying Joe and a lot of the things that we've got going on. Follow the podcast, like, follow, subscribe everywhere, YouTube, TikTok. we got cool content coming out everywhere. I'm sorry there's a million things to like, but... It's free and it helps. So if you like this show, help a man out. Yeah. This has been the Matt Major Show. We will see you guys tomorrow at 8 a.m. Later. <laughs>